Welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. Well, a very warm welcome to the next episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about the five essential things you must know and understand for securing your bank finance. So very good morning to you, Nigel. Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Yeah, very good. Thank you. And this is a key subject for most people and certainly for those starting and beginning their journey uh, in property development. How do I get that bank funding? How do I get that credibility? And in this episode, we're really going to unlock that uh, that equation for people so they can really understand how they can make great leaps to getting that credibility. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's down to preparation, isn't it? You know, understanding what the audience are looking for and just, just being well prepared, you know. Um, you know, look, make sure you've got all your documents in one place. So, so when it's asked for, you can just distribute the information very readily and very quickly. I think that's really important. It's important, I think, for the recipient of that information. You know, when a question's asked and within a matter of five minutes, they get all the answers. I mean, that must create a better impression than, you know, a week later, people scrabbling around trying to find the various bits and then sending it through. So, you know, I think it's really important. And, you know, whether you're, you're funding your first deal, your second, your third, multiple deals, you know, just to have this, the kind of the audit trail and the files all bang up to date, you know, making sure that maybe your certified ID is always within the three-month uh, kind of window, you know, just making sure it's all ready and ready to go. I think it's hugely important, isn't it? Yeah, if you can simulate and anticipate the questions that are going to be asked and you're there with all the answers, I mean, even better if you give the answer before the question's asked, of course, and then then you're not on the back foot, you're, you're on the, the front foot and wow, they've got this already. They know exactly what we want and when. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that preparation. And it doesn't take a great deal, does it? I mean, we use something like Dropbox, put in all the respective folders for your assets and liabilities, your bank statements, CVs um, mm-hmm. for the individuals because some real real core skill sets that yep. some people don't recognise the skills that they've worked their lifetime to create. It could be accountancy. It could be project manager in construction, all very relevant skills that a bank are interested in hearing about. Very, very much so. And, you know, don't we hear it so much, you know, with our, um, our mentees and, you know, as part of our programme, you know, people come on and say, well, you know, how can I do this? I don't have the skills, but it's it's really a case of just kind of reflecting. Everybody's got a history. Everybody's got, you know, what they've done in the past. And it's, it's quite... Um, it's quite revealing, isn't it, in terms of you, you just sit down with a cup of coffee, with a blank piece of paper and start to evolve your your life, really, you know, and the key points that you've actually done, you know, the jobs that you've you've done and the, the skills that you've attained and, you know, the qualifications that you've got. And before you know it, you think, wow, you know, that's absolutely incredible. I've done. And, and this is what needs to be teased out onto one or two sheets of paper. And then the recipient will get the same same impact, you know. So it's uh, yeah, yeah. CVs are a, a good one to to go through and just keep again bang up to date 
as and as and when necessary. Yeah, we've we've got mentees who, over the years, have built up lovely portfolios of maybe five, ten, fifteen vitalettes and HMOs, and they're coming more to larger property developments, and, and they're saying, well, haven't actually done one before. Well, well, actually, it's the story, it's the journey. You know, you've built five, ten, fifteen vitalettes, yeah. you know, and and you've risked your own money not private investors' money. You've just used your own funds to do that. And now's the stage to, to start scaling up. So there's a real passion and a journey there that no, needs to come through. Yeah. So that experience is extremely relevant. It is. And, you know, that just that point there, you know, if, if it were to be, you know, I've got 15 buy-to-lets, maybe HMO, you know, whatever, but let's say 15 properties. Well, what we're actually talking about is not, oh, it's my first one. It's actually your 16th project, <laughs> isn't it? You know, to pick up that point in terms of the story and the journey. And, and what you've decided to do is kind of double down. And if you're doing a commercial to resi conversion, let's say, or even a land development, you've decided to escalate your portfolio by doing more at one time. So it's, you know the, the skills are there because you've got the track record. You know up to, up to that point. So it's it's just thinking of your journey in a different way. That you know the the funders, the you know the, the credit committees, etc., will just receive that in a different way. You know if if it's presented uh, appropriately. So yeah, I think one slide that shows it as a planned event that. Yeah. Now, five years ago, I decided to get myself to some form of financial freedom. Yep. So I've built up five buy-to-lets and I've achieved that. Now it's ready for phase two rather than, oh, rolled out of bed this morning. I fancy doing property development. You know, it, it, it becomes a, a planned life event. You're in control. It's structured. So I think there's lots of golden nuggets there for, for people to latch onto. You mentioned ID earlier on, certified ID. And we're doing transactions almost every day of the week. So uh, just keeping three-month ID is, is a great uh, great level of um, discipline, really, isn't it? It is. And, you know, what, what comes with, obviously, what we do, you know, development and, and, um, and what have you, is a lot of interaction with our, our legal counterparts. So our solicitor and, you know, she's as good as gold. She, you know, she'll keep us up to date in terms of our certified ID. Um, you know, she's seen she's seen our passports, our driving license, our utility bill. She generally asks for, an, could you just send an updated utility bill for sure? But you know, she, they want to keep on top of it as well because as a, a legal practice, they need to be doing their own audit trail. So they're already, you know, do it dealing with the certified ID. So they just send us a copy for our files. You know, so if anybody asks, we've we've always got it there, which is which is great. Does it cost us anything? Not really, you know, and it, because you've already got that commercial relationship with a an ongoing professional service so yeah, you just just tag it on yeah so the the next area after preparation that we need to be focusing on is the structure what is the structure or you may hear us refer to it as uh, what is your economic equation so what are you doing how are you structuring it now you could structure in a, a, a property acquisition in a SaaS, in a trust, in an LLP, in a limited company, or the joint venture structures. But I think it would be fair to say that that most developments are done in limited companies as a as a special purpose vehicle. So mapping out again on a single piece of paper, what does that look like? So you've got your limited company, the shareholding, who the shareholders are. 
how you're going to fund. Are you going to fund probably through first charge development finance? And where's the rest of the capital coming from? Well, it's going to be coming from private investors. Well, you are not your company. You're a separate legal entity. So where does that fund come from? Is it a director's loan? Is it uh, a, a private loan from one of your other sources? Or is it external, high net worth, self-certified um, uh, private investors? And so the bank very much want to understand uh, this structure. The KYC and the AML of your investors, really important, Nigel, isn't it? The bank are all over that. Yeah, very much so. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, whether whether the investors are coming in on a, as you say, a, a coupon or slash interest rate um, or interest return, should I say, uh, or a 50-50 share, hugely important. Um, you know, particularly when you're going to the, the market, you're using your, your, um, your broker, you know, to go out to market to, to get your senior debt or your, your development finance on board, you know, Lots of lenders or some lenders won't accept the structure. They don't. They don't like this particular way. They want to kind of put you. We've all heard the skin in the game approach. You know, they want that skin in the game. Whereas your model might be different to that. It might be, you know, one hundred percent funding is development finance and private investment. So you need you need to be absolutely clear, uh, very clear with your your commercial broker. Um, just to just to let them know what the structure is, so that when they go to market, they're very clear with the market what the structure is, and therefore you're getting responses back that you know comply with what your requirements are. So yeah, it's very very important, and you know I think furthermore to to consider also um, you know the the additional points. So when when your broker comes back with let's say some term sheets, maybe for three or four lenders that are really interested in supporting your particular deal. Um, you know, people always focus, don't they, Mark? They focus on the interest rate and the, you know, what is it? Is it six, seven, eight percent, ten percent? You know, big focus, and and quite rightly so. But you know, there's also the arrangement fees, there's also the exit fees that need to be need to be considered. But there's a, quite a few things below the waterline as well that need to be considered. I've already mentioned one, which is, you know, will that lender accept private investors coming in? That's number one. Will they accept 100% of the difference between the, the bank funding and the total cost to be coming in? Because some are okay with private investment, but not to the full the full value, as it were. Um, you know, you probably need to be asking, you know, are there any, we've probably all heard of them, but the on-demand clauses, so that in the event that the you know, the, the bank kind of rolled out of bed the wrong way and something's happened within their organisation that's triggered an on-demand requirement, they could ask for the money back. So maybe we don't want any lenders that have those clauses in, you know, and so on and so forth, you know, personal guarantees. You know, what level of personal guarantee is it? Is it 100% of the, of the funding? Is it 20% of the funding? You know, we need to know that detail. You know, some lenders... There's a thing called collateral warranties, which in its in its uh, rawest form isn't a problem. It's just a it's just a link uh, so you can navigate yourself straight to the contractors or the professional services team. Um, but it can cost you quite a lot of money in legal fees. So if there's lenders that aren't particularly fussed about collateral warranties, you can save quite a bit of money on your legal fees. All these don't generally come through on a term sheet, do they, Mark? No. <laughs> 
and so and some of the items are key criteria of decision making. So I think I'd urge everybody, um, you know, to to don't make a decision based upon just an interest rate, because you also find that if an interest rate is very competitive, it generally means that the the lender or the funder has de-risked. Okay, so their risk profile is low, which probably means your risk profile is high. But if there's a, a lender with a higher interest rate, there may be a little bit of balancing, you know, where there's less risk on yourself, you know, and they're taking a bit more risk. So therefore, they've increased the, the interest rate accordingly. So, so it's not always as it seems. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it, it's asking these questions as well. And everything's negotiable. As you yes. say, it's, it's galling enough to, I suppose, sign PGs, but then having to pay independent legal advice. And then also having to pay an exit cost to exit the personal guarantees, you know, 18 months down the line as well. So all these things need to be yeah. need to be factored in. Yeah. So that structure is really important. The shareholding, how the private capital comes in, is it debt-based, is it equity-based? The bank really wants to understand what that economic equation is. And you can do yourself a massive favour by fully equipping and arming your commercial broker to be able to go to the market appropriately, um, save everybody a lot of time and anxiety, um, and it'll put you in in control. You know, you've got the information there at hand to to equip the banks to make informed decisions. And then, of course, thirdly, you've got the deal itself. And we spent many podcast episodes previously, and go to Property Portfolio Podcast and subscribe and look at the other episodes where Nigel's taking you through the deal analytics, analyzing property deals. And we spend an awful lot of time with our mentees looking at this. But that the deal analysis is, is clearly crucial. And also the underlying due diligence pack that, that supports that, Nigel. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And, and it's, you know, it's just understanding the information you're going to pass to the parties. You know, you, you, we think of the commercial broker, we think of the funder themselves. You know, just being very clear on what the information you're going to send. Um, I think, you know, in terms of um, the analyzer, whatever analyzer, you know, everybody uses, um, you know, just, just to maybe highlight a few pictures, put a couple of pictures in there to to show the recipient what it is at the moment and what it's going to be. And, it, you know, what it is at the moment probably is is a lesser product than what it's going to be in the future. But it just gives people a that kind of mental bandwidth to be able to appreciate what the scheme is all about. You know, maybe pop in a couple of drawings, you know, of uh, the, maybe the planning drawings, maybe elevation drawings, these sorts of things, just to kind of tantalise people in terms of what the, what the scheme is could be and i think that's that's an important one to uh, to enable people to visualize because we're we're not all the same as creatures are we? we 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 analyze things in different ways some people like more pictures some people like more numbers you know some people both um so it's 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 good to uh, to anticipate that i think as well yeah so they can see what it is at the moment what it's likely to be and of course we've got different audiences here as well um as you say with us the broker there's the bank, um, and then there's those that sit behind the bank, which is their appointees, and there's three of them generally, and that's the legal counsel, um, that's the monitoring surveyor, and the, the valuer. Um, so there's different types of information that um, is, is relevant to each and every one of those. Having the foresight to understand exactly what's required, pull that into the pack, will help your cause uh, no end as will 
uh, letting them understand how you're going to bring your, your project team together. What is your team? Is it you trying really hard? Well, quite frankly, you could be hit by a bus tomorrow and uh, that wouldn't bode well for the, for the project. Um, so understanding the professional team, all those professional team and the, the professional indemnity insurance that they all carry, the contractual obligations, the main contractor or however you're structuring your, your, your procurement, um, that brings that, that's that risk assurance model that uh, will bring you know, centuries of experience that will back up your your acumen in drawing this team together. Your your leadership is key, but the it's the team behind you that really counts. So, I mean, as developers and investors and and what have you, we I think we're we're initiators, we're coordinators, aren't we? Really, in our role. And as you say, even if even if you know we've got the skills to be able to project manage and commercially manage a uh, a particular deal, I think it's always, but always, um, uh, the best idea to to put people out there that are doing it on a day to day basis. Of you know, they're working for companies that have got you know fifty to sixty to hundred years experience. Let's say, you know, put them in there, put the project manager in there, put the quantity surveyor in there. All separate companies, uh, all with professional indemnity insurance, all track record CVs, you know, coming out of their ears. Those sorts of things, and then you know, to be looking at your architect and your QS, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Don't, we don't need, you know, as developers, we don't need to get in the way of that process, even if we've got the skills to do it. You know, what we, I think what the bank needs us to do, you know, as enablers of this this process, is to basically be looking for the next opportunity for them. <laughs> you know, and if you're in the weeds of a deal, you know, they're not going to get that, are they? Because we we kind of can't do everything. You know, in the eight hours that we've got of a day, so, so yeah, if, every, every every stage of the way, I'd really urge people to you know consider the, the outsourcing of a um, a project to those professionals, and then feature that on your organisation structure that you're going to send to the bank. And I, I, I can be almost certainly assured that you know the recipient of that will go, thank goodness for that. <laughs> You know, and they'll move into credit and they'll appreciate how the structure's been pulled together and, you know, the many thousands of years of experience that you're actually presenting to the bank, opposed to us working really hard and trying to do it ourselves, you know, that sort yeah. of thing. So it's really important. Yeah, that is where humility comes in, isn't it? Rather than the arrogance of how 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 great you are, yeah. um, the humility of how great the team is that you've you've brought to to bear. Okay, so that's the 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 deal. Um the fourth element, uh, background checks. Sounds quite small, but actually reputation is what you bring to bear. And the, the reputation, um, everything you do has has an indelible link, really. Um, your performance on social media, your websites, your collateral references. Um, the bank will look at all of these. Um, I mean, Nigel, we, we just don't get drawn into highly opinionated stuff on social media. It's normally there to sell somebody something. Um, but it, it really does lead to some inappropriate behavior, comments. And um, so, you know, it, it's really understanding what part social media does play in your reputation and the rapport. So, uh, yeah, social media, websites, your reputation, that collateral Make sure it's very thought out. It's got a coherent message. It's consistent. 
and um, yeah, and, and acceptable. Absolutely. And so, fifthly, and and last but not least, is the exit strategy. You've spent all this time trying to convince the bank to to loan you some funds. Well, the bank ultimately, um, they want to understand how they're going to get the money back. How do I get my money back? So they're going to be very, very focused on what is the product you're creating and its worthiness in the market. Is there a market for that? What is your exit? So are you buy, develop, sell? Are you going to buy, develop and hold or pass hold? If you are, quite rarely you're holding it in the same limited company. You'll be putting in different structures from a a taxation perspective. And I think that the word taxation and tax efficiency is really important here because, you know, I I think many people become quite flawed when they view themselves in property. And we're not in property, we're in business. This is about the efficiency of everything that we do, the structuring, the compliance, um, the insurability, all that assurance there. So it's the business acumen that needs to rise. And, and we probably spend a very high proportion of time with, with all of our mentees talking about business structure, efficiency, not just about the the, the particular property elements of it. Absolutely. Um, you know, the end, you know, start with the end in mind, so important on this particular point, isn't it? You know, whether it's a sell, a hold, well, it's a combination of the two. You know, it needs to be mapped out because the structure that you're going into the deal may be slightly different, <laughs> depending on what definitely. the exit strategy is. And what you don't want to be doing is getting to the end point and going, oh, I think I want to do this now. And you're in the wrong structure because it can cost you a fortune, you know, to to restructure and all these sorts of things. So it's it's really, it's, it's quite deep thinking. It's deep thinking right at the start to say, right, how am I going to get out of this? And to portray that with you know, huge vigour to the recipient as well, be it the bank. This is how we're going to get out. Not, well, I'm not really sure. I might do a bit of this, a bit of that. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear a very, very defined, um, you know, decided exit and and that's it. And that's the party line and you stick to it. Exactly. Um, yeah. And if you've, got, if you've got a business model, each time you do another development or another project, um, it's about refinement, isn't it? Evolution. Each time you're you're like a sponge absorbing all this extra information, the learning, putting it back into the model, and and version two, version three, version four. Start with version one to get to version ten. You know, you you you're, you're sucking it up and you're evolving and improving all the time. And there's lots of information out there, and don't think that everybody else acts incredibly professionally all the time and gives you a smooth roadmap because they don't, quite frankly. Um, And when you're dealing with the banks, a key question to ask the bank is, what is their process? What will happen? We mentioned personal guarantees earlier on. Ask them that question right at the front end. What will the level be? What will the process be? Will you want independent legal advice? How will the ILAs be taken? Do they need to be face-to-face? Where geographically are you? Nigel mentioned collateral warranties. You want a draft of the collateral a warranty template to put in your tender pack so your main contractor's got a copy beforehand rather than after the uh, event. Deed of subordinations, all these things. What is the process for this? Um, so if you know the questions to ask, ask them at the front end um, and then you've got less things that are going to be jammed in that last week before legal completion it means no surprises for everybody and everybody's heart rate drops 10, 
10 beats per minute. It does. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Good. So, look, there's a, another great episode there. Thanks, Nigel, for sharing some of the feedback there that we've learned. And we, we've learned through the tough times, learned through the great times. But it's all about learning, focusing on your model, and just becoming better each day. And so that was the five essentials for securing bank funding. That's preparation, structure, the deal itself, background checks, exit, and lots of other golden nuggets as well. So if you're interested in understanding more, hop across to equacademy.co.uk, learn more about what we do, and, and join our community on Facebook. Thanks, Nigel. Have a great day. And next week, we've got another exciting episode of Property Portfolio Podcast. Thanks, Mark. Take care, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.